This is Being Catholic with Bob Johnston on Catholic Spirit Radio. Hi, this is Bob Johnston, and you're listening to Being Catholic right here on Catholic Spirit Radio, 89.5 FM and 92.5 FM in good old McLean County in Bloomington Normal, 88.3 in Pontiac, 97.1 in Lincoln, 89.1 in DeKalb Sycamore, 89.3 in Morris Juliet, 88.9 in Rockford area, Marengo, Harvard, and Beloit. We're going to have a great show for you today. And uh, remember always that uh, we are growing because we are brought to you by you. I'm here with my wife, Lynn, today. And uh, again, brought by you. And if you want to make a donation, and uh, we hope you do, do so right now. Anything you can give to help us, we always appreciate and you can go to our website, and that's catholicspiritradio.com. Again, that's catholicspiritradio.com, and uh, it will tell you there more about us and what we do and how you can help and uh, how you can make a donation and make it easy for you to do. So do that right now. And uh, if you would like to call us, you can call us at 309-807-2427. Again, that's 309-807-2427. And uh, I'm here with my wife, Lynn, as I said, and we're going to talk a little bit today about uh, some of the things going on in the church. We talked last week about uh, revelation and what revelation is as opposed to what it means and why uh, the understanding of what revelation is really refutes sola scriptura more than anything else. And I'll mention that, I'll review that just a little bit very quickly before we get in, because it, it leads into what we're going to talk about today. So before we start, I'll turn this over to my wife, Lynn. Okay, hello out there. we got sunshine. It really exists. Thank you, God. The one thing I'd like to put a plug in for is uh, Father Mike Schmidt's Bible in a Year and Catechism in the Year. And I didn't realize that we are carrying it on Spirit Radio at 9 o'clock at night during the week. You know, faith, Romans 10 says, so faith comes from what is heard. And what is heard comes by the preaching of Christ. It's very important that we both bolster our faith in these days that it seems so dark with everything that's going on in the world. And I really recommend the Bible in a year and the Catechism in the year. They're excellent. Father Mike does a very good job, and I think those that have never listened to it in the evening, obviously, I was doing it after Bob goes to bed at night, and I'd listen to it on my uh, iPhone. I'm so thrilled to hear that we are carrying it, and we always turn the TV off at 9 anyway, so I'm just going to switch over and listen to it then, and uh, I can't recommend it enough. I had gone through it before, the Bible in a year. It, it was so comforting just to listen to it. I don't follow with my Bible, I just listen. And the catechism the same way. You gain so much, you know, with Bible, you can read it 
and you read it one time and another time you pick it up, you read the same thing and it tells you something that strikes you, just you, very differently each time. It's a, it's a great experience. So keep that in mind, 9 o'clock the weekdays. Obviously, I didn't know that. I was to, we just watch TV and then I get on my phone and then I stay up too late. So it's going to solve my problem. Okay, Bob. Sounds pretty good. <clears throat> and uh, right at that time, you're right. It's sort of a blank time in our uh, evening routine. Uh, I usually spend the rest of the time reading or trying to put some things together for the program and doing things like that. But uh, mentioning uh, this uh, review of the Bible reminds me of you know what we did last week, talking about Revelation and how Revelation leads to the tradition of the church that's been handed on. And, of course, the tradition of the church being handed on leads us to the idea of dogma in the church and doctrine not changing over 2,000 years and not being able to be changed. And uh, that leads us into the topic that we're going to talk about today, which is uh, some of the the things going on in the church that are confusing people and uh, uh, the, some of the changes that seem to be disturbing and upsetting. And we're going to read from the National Catholic Register about some of those changes and maybe make you a little bit more aware of uh, their take on it and some of the, you know, the the uh, editor of the uh, register. So we'll get to that in a minute. I did want to review again what we talked about last week, and that is the idea of revelation being an act given to the apostles, which, you know, of course, was the church uh, by Jesus Christ, his explanation. And so the uh, revelation is an act by Jesus Christ, and it's not scripture. And uh, it is over, and uh, he revealed himself, and he revealed his meaning to the apostles for them to hand on and teach everyone else, in which they did. And, of course, that revelation that was handed on by the apostles, when the last apostle died, that is the end of it. Whatever they handed on, in whichever manner they did hand it on, is done. And so there is no new revelation, and the church teaches that. There is no new revelation after the last apostle died. And so when people confuse Scripture for revelation and go to Scripture and claim that they have found new meanings in Scripture that was never given to the apostles or the apostles didn't understand or didn't hand on down to us, they, in effect, are claiming that they're receiving new revelation, and, uh, you know, by what authority do they claim this? And the church has always taught that uh, revelation was done. It was an act. It was done by Jesus Christ, and now it's over. So I hope that's clear. And uh, since it is over and was handed on to them, they have handed it down. And their job has been from the very beginning to hand on and teach what they were taught, just as it was given to them. And they have no authority to introduce anything new or different that changes the doctrine and dogmas that were handed on to them. They can understand it better. They can clarify it. If people get confused and have questions, that's the job of the church to answer those questions and to make uh, it, the dogma clear 
And if there seems to be confusion or contradictions, it's up to the church to settle that confusion and contradiction. But it, it, they are not authorized to do anything new, and neither is anyone else. And so when people come along and pretend to say that there is some kind of new revelation or some kind of new doctrine or that they understand the Bible in some way that nobody has ever understood it before, they're in effect claiming that they are still receiving revelation and that revelation and what Christ gave to the apostles is over. It's an act. It's done. And uh, so sola scriptura, this idea that you don't need the teaching of the church and the dogmas and doctrine of the church uh, simply doesn't hold water because the revelation was given to them, and uh, Scripture is not the same thing, and it's not the understanding or the meaning, and that was given to the church. And without that, then it is very, very difficult to understand Scripture, and Scripture alone is not going to explain Jesus Christ and uh, the uh, Christianity and what it means. So I'll, I'll just end there. Is there anything more to you you want to say? Do you think that pretty well clears it, Lynn? I, I hope so. Uh, Got to keep in mind that the book of the Bible that is Revelation is a little, you know, that was re- something that was revealed to John, but it it's different in a sense. And John is gone in the pretense and that— So it right. doesn't go on. I mean, right. we the things that have been added to Revelation or the idea has been revealed to me. I see the end of the world, and it's been revealed to me, and— this kind of stuff that doesn't hold water. No, not as teaching. I mean, it's you know something to contemplate and speculate and to take into consideration and read and and uh, you know you can get some of your own meaning from it and so forth. It can be very useful to each individual and and, uh, and all of that. But it is not something that uh, is a dogma or doctrine that can be taught as uh, having to be believed. And uh, something that is uh, that Christ intended to be taught. So uh, that ends it, and you know we'll let it go right there. But revelation is over, and there's no more revelation after the apostles die. And so sola scripture alone, scripture by itself, is simply not sufficient to uh, explain the meaning of what was given to the apostles by Jesus Christ as he explained it to them. That was their job, and the church is handing it on down. And that brings us, you know, to tradition. And so we have our tradition and our dogma uh, that has been handed down. And uh, the Greek word for tradition was paradosis. It means the same thing, to hand on. And then in Latin, that's tradere, and it's the same thing, to hand on. And uh, that revelation and dogma and doctrine that the church developed because of what was revealed to them by Jesus Christ, that has been handed on and is being handed on, and uh, it can't be changed. And so this brings us to some of the things going on in the church today that is causing confusion because there are people who are worried by some of the things uh, in modern times and that Francis has been saying, our Pope has been saying, that in, in their opinion is, is uh, making changes that uh, seem to be affecting doctrine and dogma, and they're wondering how this can be, and they're needing answers. And so I'm going to read from an article in the National Catholic Register, and as we go along, Lynn, 
you know, if you want to make comments, make comments, and I'll ask questions, and we'll just go along and read this article and see if it can shed some light on some of the, the things that can going on, especially the confusion that is going on. And the article appears in the January 28th to February 10th, 2024 edition of the National Catholic Register. And I recommend if you don't get that paper to get it. It's a, it's a good paper. It tells a lot about what's going on in the church. The title of the article is A Church Divided, Vatican's Move on Same-Sex Blessings Raises Fears of a Schism. And... Uh, It's written by Jonathan Lytle, the senior editor of uh, the Catholic Register. And I'm going to read this article. It's uh, mostly about fiducia uh, supplicants. And there are some other, you know, articles that have caused uh, uh, amorous uh, laetitia has caused some confusion. And uh, this one as well. And then, of course, the teaching on... uh, uh, capital punishment, that capital punishment is somehow against the gospel. These things have caused a lot of uh, uh, ripples and eruptions and uh, confusion and so forth in the church. And uh, people are wondering, you know, what is Francis driving at here? What is he trying to say? What's going on? And so I'm going to read just about uh, the the recent one, and that is uh, Fiducia Supplicans. That is the blessing of same-sex couples. And uh, the article about that, again, is by Jonathan Lytle, the senior editor of the National Catholic Register. So we'll go from there. Uh, It goes on, it says, If the Vatican is serious about not allowing its recent controversial guidance on blessings for same-sex couples to lead to further confusion and division in the Catholic Church, uh, experts worry that a vital element is still missing from its approach, and that is enforcement. And so you can see here right in that first uh, sentence, it incorporates the idea that there has been a lot of confusion introduced into the church, confusion that can possibly cause division and schism. And so this is, you know, pretty serious. And uh, it's by the editor of the Catholic Register, and so it's, it's something we should take seriously. It says, since Fiducia Supplicans was released on December 18th, several priests have apparently defied the guidance. While the declaration allows for the possibility of spontaneous non-liturgical blessings that don't cause confusion about the church's teaching on sexuality and marriage, some priests have offered pre-planned blessings that have been highly publicized while others have blessed same-sex couples in liturgical settings, which, of course, they're, you know, not supposed to do. And so it makes you wonder, you know, also, in my opinion, is, you know, why some of these things are being introduced, especially in our modern times when there's so much confusion in society already, uh, what the necessity of, of these introductions are for. But at any rate, it goes on. It says, furthermore... Church leaders in Germany have indicated that they don't see fiducia supplicants as an impediment to their plans to push for doctrinal changes. And, of course, the church, you know, is not able to change its doctrine or dogma, nor to offer formalized blessings of same-sex couples. In other words, they don't see it as an impediment to do what they're not supposed to do. 
And if they don't see that as an impediment, why not? And the answer here, I guess, is that uh, according to Jonathan Lytle, the editor, is that uh, people are saying that the restrictions on this blessing are not being enforced. It goes on. It says, however, while Vatican leadership has issued an unprecedented clarification of the declaration and has continued to issue words of warning to Germany, no public action to correct the high-profile abuses of the guidance have been made. So, you know, it's, people are wondering, well, why is that the case? And, uh, of course, uh, at any rate, uh, we'll go on here a bit. It says, and some church observers fear that if the Holy See doesn't take steps to rein in problematic applications and interpretations of fiducia supplicans, differences in practice could lead to incompatible understandings of sexuality and marriage, setting the stage for deep divisions in the church. In turn, if left unchecked, those divisions could even lead to possible schism, which would involve Catholic bishops formally breaking union with the Pope and the rest of the church over doctrinal differences. So these are some pretty serious you know, charges here, and uh, certainly should be discussed and addressed. And uh, the question is, is, why is all of this being done and going on? And so we're going to have to stop here and take a break. So we'll come back and we'll talk about uh, why this is happening and what some of the confusions and so forth are. So stay with us. We'll be right back. You've been listening to Being Catholic with Bob Johnston on Catholic Spirit Radio. Has Catholic Spirit Radio touched you? Maybe it has brought you closer to God or even into the church. Tell us your story. Call or text our listener comment line. If you like, you can remain anonymous. 773-541-4159. Three Kings Gifts has sacramental and seasonal gifts, religious medals, rosaries, and more on the College Avenue Epiphany Church campus in Normal. Three Kings Gifts is open 10 to 3.30 on Thursday and Friday, 8 to 1 on Sunday. Profits help charitable organizations. Hi, this is John Hall, president of Catholic Spirit Radio. Do you enjoy our programming? Well, we need your support to keep the programming at Catholic Spirit Radio on the air. If you already give, thank you. We appreciate your help. If you haven't given, we need your help now. To donate, go online at catholicspiritradio.com. That's catholicspiritradio.com. Or mail your donation to Catholic Spirit Radio, 108 Boykins Place, Normal, Illinois, 61761. Or stop by 108 Boykins Place. God bless you, and thank you for your support of Catholic Spirit Radio. Hi, this is Bob Johnston. You're listening to Being Catholic right here on Catholic Spirit Radio. We're talking about uh, some of the confusion that is going on in the church today over some of the papal pronouncements uh, that have been in the news lately. And uh, we're reading an article from the National Catholic Register written by its uh, editor and uh, the chief editor, the senior editor, and uh, discussing these things, and it's something I think that the Catholics uh, should be aware of, and that's why we're putting it out on the show, and if you have an opportunity to subscribe to the National Catholic Register, it's a very good paper, and you learn an awful lot about what's going on in the church, and a lot of good articles from diverse uh, areas. So we'll continue with this article. It says here, uh, Dominican Father... Pius uh, Petrzyk 
a professor of canon law at the Pontifical University of St. Thomas Aquinas in Rome, told the register that it is very likely that unless the Holy See intervenes, some dioceses and even bishops will push further against the accepted ordinary magisterium of the church in a way that is heretical. And so that's a pretty serious charge. And if the Holy See does honor its responsibility to ensure proper discipline, and these bishops ignore that, the canonists said with specific reference to the bishops of Germany, then you could see dioceses, mostly in Western Europe, flirting with schism. Cardinal Victor Manuel Fernandez, the head of the Vatican's dicastery for the doctrine of the faith, and Fiducia Supplicans' author, has said that the controversial guidance is less the cause of division and more of a catalyst for revealing fault lines that already exist. And here's a quote from him. It's not that these documents cause divisions. They simply make them emerge. They bring sincerity, he told the Italian newspaper La Stampa in January in a January 11th interview. But critics contend that the Vatican's unwillingness to correct abuses of fiducia supplicans contributes to division. The Holy See's refusal to enforce its vision of this document exacerbates all of the controversy it has caused, uh, Father Pietrzyk said. The clarification issued January 4th by Cardinal Fernandez does not necessarily allay those concerns. Cardinal Fernandez's classification which came after the DDF, uh, that's the Dicastery for the Doctrine of the Faith, after the DDF originally asserted that no further responses would be given on how to apply fiducia supplicants, affirmed that local bishops have the responsibility to discern how to implement the guidance in their, jurisdic- in their jurisdiction. But that doesn't seem too satisfactory to me anyway, does it? Do you then that the local bishops have to discern how to do this? No, because they're putting on the local bishop bishops the idea that they're, they have the authority to redo anything, and they don't. Of course, the bishops know that. They are the, supposed to be the guardians of the faith and the teachers, but... Uh, it's giving you too much of a a wide base for it, it's just going to inevitably. I can't say the word today. Inevitably, Inevitably yes, lead up to a widespread practice of doing this, or there's going to be a schism, one or the other. Yeah, it seems you know it seems that saying this it gives the bishops uh, a lot of responsibility too. I mean, it's like. You know, you people figure this out for yourselves. Well, that would mean, in my opinion, that the bishop could decide not to do it if he wanted to. In other words, I can interpret it any way I please, or he could interpret it uh, more, far more broadly than the church ever intended. But so, I, I mean, think I've read that you know. uh, they don't, they want all dioceses to follow this. Well, that, then again, then they're changing doctrine. Again, it gets, I guess in know, my book, I mean, my humble opinion, it's putting a lot of responsibility on the individual bishops, then, too. 
It says, several bishop conferences in Africa and Eastern Europe have prohibited the blessings in their diocese. And this is what I was sort of getting at. You know, they can decide, well, you know, if you're giving us the authority, we'll just decide not to do it. Uh, but again, like you say, Lynn, that, you know, that causes disruption in the church. I mean, the church prides itself on being uniform in its practices, you know, across the world. Uh, it goes here, it says, uh, while others in Europe, the United States and Latin America have imposed additional restrictions to avoid scandal, such as requiring that related blessings be performed in private. And then wouldn't that also, Lynn, you know, if it's given to the priest to decide and say a priest decides, uh, you know, or a bishop in his diocese, I should say bishop, a bishop decides not to do it like this, couldn't uh, same-sex couples almost go to the law under this and say the church has advised and and has told— bishops to do this, and my bishop is discriminating against me? You bet, and it's going to get deeper than that, I think. If we go forward with this, we're going to have uh, lawsuits because of discrimination, because they can't have a regular ceremony, because they can't have a certificate of uh, union or whatever. I mean, it's it's going to be a Cascade downhill. And it goes on here. It says, Cardinal Fernandez also provided guidance for how blessings should be offered in a way that avoids confusion about church teaching, such as limiting them to 10 or 15 seconds and not performing them in a prominent place within a sacred building. But that's confusing, too. I mean, where do you, is the church a sacred building? I mean, there's a lot of questions here. But nowhere in the 2,000-plus word text did the DDF perfect address, did the DDF prefect address the issue of potential abuses or those that have arguably already occurred. The likelihood of the DDF enforcing its own guidance and correcting abuses of fiducia supplicants remains uncertain, especially with Cardinal Fernandez at its helm. While the dicastery traditionally has a role of correcting wayward theologians and clerics, Cardinal Fernandez has previously previously said that he plans to lead the DDF his own way, focusing less on ensuring doctrinal discipline and more on encouraging theological dialogue, whatever that should mean. What is theological dialogue? Does that mean a discussion over whether this is correct or not, a discussion over how this fits theologically. I mean, it seems pretty broad here, and the idea of Cardinal Fernandez getting it his own way, but what about the idea of doing it the way of the church and in keeping with tradition, which is, you know, the church's responsibility to do? Yeah. So I, I don't know. Until proven otherwise, some commentators are not optimistic that any enforcement is forthcoming. Uh, Fernandez's press relief can clarify all it wants to in theory, but there's no sign the DDF plans to flex its muscles and ensure the theory is correctly applied or act against obvious and public misapplications, wrote canon lawyer Ed Condon for The Pillar on January 5th. So there are are canon lawyers that are 
taking issue with this, you know, the, the way this is being done and maybe with the whole thing itself. It goes on, it says, warnings about fiducious supplicants' potential to generate disunity cropped up immediately upon the Declaration's publication a week before Christmas. And unity in the church is extremely important. I mean, our whole society is really in disunity with this whole idea of of uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion that we have going on today. I mean, every society has to have certain principles, and those principles are always religious, no matter whether the society says they're secular or not. They're not. They're always religious. All principles are. They're taken on faith, ultimately. But it has and to be in those, union. And, right, and if those principles are not unifying, uh, then a country doesn't work. And if the principles aren't unifying, certainly the Catholic Church, which is all about unity and tradition, the Catholic Church itself will be in disarray. And as you said, it can cause schism. Uh, hours after its release, a German-born Notre Dame theologian Ulrich Lehner described the document as an invitation to schism. So you, you're, you're pretty right there when you, you jumped on that earlier, Lynn. Yeah. It, it's not just, uh, we're not just saying this. This is coming from uh, a number of uh, very authoritative people in the church being quoted, and they're being quoted by the editor here of the Catholic uh, Register, National Catholic Register. And so these are some very, very important things to listen to and uh, carry a lot of weight. Yeah, you can't publish something that you've put together in your own mind, threw it up in the air, and the way it came down, that's what we're going to publish? No. There has to be more forethought and things. I just don't think this was thought through thoroughly. Well, it, it, it seems like, you know, this is the gist of the article as well. It says, noting the document's openness to misinterpretation, and there it is, theologian and register contributor Larry Chapp said that without enforcement, fiducious supplicants will further contribute to the division of an already balkanized church with interpretation and implementation varying from the from parish to parish, diocese to diocese, and country to country. And, of course, that's not good. And then he's talking here about an already balkanized church, and uh, we already are living in an already balkanized society, I think. And, in fact, uh, a mad, 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 mad world. And one of the jobs, in my opinion at least, and you can agree or not agree with me, Lynn, on this, is that the church should be a factor of unity for the society as well as for itself and uh, a, a uh, calming factor on societies and so forth. So leading to confusion in the church as well as the confusion we already have in the society, in my opinion, certainly is not good. What about you? Uh, what was it that Jesus prayed for? That we'd all be one. Exactly. That we all be one. And so uh, I don't understand. Another thing, as long as I'm thinking about it right here, I'll intervene, even if we don't get to the end of this article by the time uh, uh, we have allotted here, is that 
There have been a lot of people in other articles. I don't know if it asks it in this article, but I've seen it uh, in other articles and on the World Over Live on, uh, you know, EWTN on television. Uh, People have been asking if all of these pronouncements by Pope Francis do not change anything, that is, do not change the teaching or the doctrine of the church, then why were they done in the first place? You know, why? Well, it leaves you thinking they were, that perhaps they were done because they want to change the doctrine. It makes people think that, and mm-hmm. I know there are explanations. Uh, uh, I've heard, you know, strong explanations that uh, this is not the case, but it, then it causes a lot of people to think, to think that it is the case, so it's causing confusion. And uh, certainly that's not uh, what things are intended to be, and it makes you wonder, is were any of these things necessary? Uh, I just wanted to put in here that you and I were watching World Over Live the other day, and uh, it was Cardinal Gerhard Mueller, wasn't it, that came yes. along and said, you know, Francis was saying that, you know, he wants to do this because it somehow or another helps us walk with people that, you know, are doing things that are outside the dogma of the church. But Cardinal Mueller, Mueller suggested, couldn't we walk with people in the sense of preaching the gospel and asking them to imitate Christ? And make a change in their lifestyle, and they're doing it, you know, in a in a uh, civil and and uh, caring manner. I mean, we don't, you know, have to pound somebody over the head, but the thing is, is call attention to what the church teaches, and ask that uh, they, that they seriously consider conforming themselves to what Jesus Christ taught. So, you know, that is it necessary to do. Uh, something that can cause this much confusion when we already have uh, solutions in the church for doing the same thing? Well, what they're going to say is that's what they've been doing, but it hasn't worked. Well, I mean... That's what they'll say. The church will say, the bishops. Uh, But I don't know. I'm confused. I went through this, you went through this when they turned the altar around. <laughs> you know, Vatican II, all the confusion there, nothing was explained to the people uh, adequately enough that we didn't understand what was going on. And I feel like being put in the same place. I don't understand. Well, the article goes on, and it says, you know, talking about this balkanization we have in the church, and like you're saying, talking about the confusion we have in the church, the article goes on, and it says, this document doesn't heal any of those divisions or that confusion. Uh, And he he told the register, uh, this is, of course, by Larry Chapp, uh, uh, who who we're referring to, And he says, this document doesn't heal any of those divisions. He told the register, describing it as an intentionally ambiguous, it certainly is going to increase them. And uh, I think Larry Chapp, I'm looking here, was he the, uh, I think, the canon lawyer? And uh, it goes on, it says, uh, 
In particular, some have expressed concerns that the document's affirmation of the possibility of blessing same-sex couples as opposed to blessing individuals who may be part of a same-sex couple implicitly condones the sexual activity that makes two people a couple. And it certainly like it certainly seems like uh, it, it it can do this. And I know it's not supposed to, according to the explanations that I've heard, and according to the explanations from Francis and from uh, Cardinal Fernandez. Nevertheless, to a lot of people, it seems like it, and uh, I can understand why it does certainly does seem like it. So uh, it's adding to a lot of confusion. It goes on. It says. Uh, Different interpretations of what couples refers to persons or their sexual activity could lead to divergent emphasis in sexual morality on on the ground. For instance, Peruvian Bishop Rafael Escudero Lopez Brea said on January 2nd that fiducious supplicants has provoked unprecedented Precedented confusion and that it damages the communion of the church by confusingly suggesting that blessing a same-sex couple as opposed to individual persons does not signal approval of their sexual union. And we're going to have to stop here and take a break, so stay with us. We'll be right back. You've been listening to Being Catholic with Bob Johnston on Catholic Spirit Radio. Hi, this is John Hall, president of Catholic Spirit Radio. Do you enjoy our programming? Well, we need your support to keep the programming at Catholic Spirit Radio on the air. If you already give, thank you. We appreciate your help. If you haven't given, we need your help now. To donate, go online at catholicspiritradio.com. That's catholicspiritradio.com. Or mail your donation to Catholic Spirit Radio, 108 Boykins Place, Normal, Illinois. 61761 or stop by 108 Boykins Place. God bless you and thank you for your support of Catholic Spirit Radio. Has Catholic Spirit Radio touched you? Maybe it has brought you closer to God or even into the church. Tell us your story. Call or text our listener comment line. If you like, you can remain anonymous. 773-541-4159. Hey, this is Father Mitch Pacwa, host of Open Line Wednesday. For me, Catholic Radio is a chance to speak and hear our Catholic doctrine, consider it, think about it, apply it to everyday life, and be blatantly in the public with it. And I am so thankful to you for being an important part of the Lord's plan. By participating and listening, invite others to listen and hear Open Line. Three Kings Gifts has sacramental and seasonal gifts, religious medals, rosaries, and more on the College Avenue Epiphany Church campus in Normal. Three Kings Gifts is open 10 to 3.30 on Thursday and Friday, 8 to 1 on Sunday. Profits help charitable organizations. Hi, this is Bob Johnston. You're listening to Being Catholic right here on Catholic Spirit Radio. We're back from our break, and we're talking about... uh, uh, fiducia supplicants, the uh, idea of blessing uh, same-sex couples in the church and uh, the rules and regulations for it and the confusion that it's uh, causing. And we're reading from an article in the uh, National Catholic Register that is giving a lot of pros and cons on this uh, issue, mostly cons. And uh, by some very uh, competent people, the editor is writing the article, uh, the editor of national, the senior editor of the National uh, 
Catholic register, and then some priests, bishops, and uh, also canon lawyers weighing in and uh, attesting to the confusion that it's causing. It goes on here. It says, uh, Opus D, Father Robert Gall, a moral philosopher and associate professor in the Bush School of Business at the Catholic University of America, emphasized that if fiducius supplicans is read in con- continuity with the church's established teaching on marriage and sexuality, this document does not in itself lead to schism, and it is a faithful interpretation of tradition. Well, but maybe so. But on the other hand, there are other people equally, you know, saying the opposite. So, you know, which is true and how is this being resolved? And uh, the statements by uh, Cardinal uh, uh, Fernandez seem to indicate that, you know, he said what he's said on this and he's not going to uh, clarify it any further and that it's up to the bishops in each diocese to decide how to apply it themselves and Again, that seems to me leading to an awful lot of confusion. I'll tell you another confusion that I have. <clears throat> if everybody goes to Mass, at the end of the Mass, we are all blessed. And this is during the liturgy. Is this saying that these people aren't being blessed, even though they're present, the, the people, the same-sex couples? I'm... You know, but they can be blessed outside of the liturgy in secret or what, whatever, in the closet. I don't know. Because we all get a blessing. That's true. I I don't know. I mean, there are some people saying that when you do this, no matter how you try and do it, since the couple is there and the couple is together because of practice, of a actual uh, same-sex practice, you know, not just a same-sex uh, uh, desire, but, you know, a same-sex practice, then it is impossible to give this kind of blessing the way it's being done without blessing the practice itself. And then others are saying, no, that's not true, that we can do that and still be within tradition. And so this is causing, a, you know, a schism in a sense there, each each side saying something different from the other. Is, and that's not good for that to go on in the church, especially if it's being said that this isn't going to be resolved. So it goes— Well, yeah, either things are or they aren't. Right. It says, however, Father Gall also cautioned that if a local church or even a bishop's conference authorized celebrations that seem to be celebrating same-sex couples in some way— while others hold true to an interpretation of fiducia supplicans consistent with church teaching, that certainly would be a significant step toward greater disunity in the church. And, and it seems to me that people taking opposite sides on this issue of whether it's blessing the practice of same, you know, uh, sex uh, couples or whether it's just blessing the individual persons themselves, people taking opposite sides on this, that in itself is causing disunity. You know, even even not considering that uh, the, the disunity of one, the one side being right or wrong. Uh, so just the idea that there's this contention, you know, with each other is causing disunion right there. I got that. It says, and while the Opus D priest welcomed Cardinal Fernandez's clarification of fiducia supplicans, 
particularly its affirmation that bishops can offer guidance to ensure implementation in a way that avoids confusion, he acknowledged that the assertion that guidance is a conformity with church teaching may not be taken seriously by all without matching action. And it seems to me the German bishops are certainly not going to take it seriously the way they're talking, that it's no impediment to their idea that there should be doctrinal change. Uh, in I, fact, they think if you get this, uh, it implies here that not only do they think it's not an impediment, they think it's actually a step toward that change. Well, yeah. The first step is tearing down another piece of society or whatever. I don't know. Cultures are established for a reason. And it seems like we are hell-bent on changing the cultures all over the world, breaking them down. For what? So that we can all be united in what? It goes on here. It says, some continue to ask, if there is no change in doctrine, then why does the DDF continue to refrain from denouncing those who are instrumentalizing the declaration to advance sacrilegious blessings designed to condone and approve irregular situations? And some bishops are doing this. We know this. And, of course, they're being pronounced wrong by the people who take in, uh, interpret fiducia supplicans as being within tradition. They're being pronounced wrong. That's true. But nevertheless, then why isn't the church coming out and uh, uh, doing something about this? And it's not. You know, I feel sorry for the, the bishops and the priests. They're put in such a position. You know, it's an impossible situation because there's no clarity. There has to be clarity. And, and, and that's one of the things about a lot of these pronouncements. They're very, very confusing. And that in itself is not good, in my opinion. I'm saying my opinion, but that opinion is backed up by a lot of people who are very authoritative, who are canon lawyers, and uh, is being presented here in a uh, serious article within the Catholic Register, all within you know very very conventional uh, uh, venues that the church has. It's not something that uh, we are simply discussing on our own outside the uh, parameters of the church. We're being very careful here on this program to stay within the parameters of this article, and yet there are some very, very disturbing things. Uh, it goes on, it says, uh, writing in first things, Catholic commentator George Weigel made a similar critique to some of these. He says, if the cardinal were truly unhappy with the way his document was being spun, why did he not recontextualize fiducia supplicants, so to speak, by calling out clergy who promptly conducted same-sex blessings in a manner that was obviously pre-planned, not least to garner media attention, that was quasi-liturgical and that unmistakably blurred the doctrinal and moral lines that Cardinal claimed his document had drawn. In other words, why didn't the Cardinal come out and uh, criticize this, come out and demand that it be stopped? And in fact, the way this is phrased, you can see that some people knew well, that uh, fiducia supplicans was coming, and they were ready to come out with a blessing that was blurring the lines of you know what the what the the parameters of the blessing was supposed to stay within. 
not only blurring those lines, but they were coming out with uh, ready to publicize this. Some of them uh, were there with uh, photographers that were ready to take pictures and so forth and everything for, uh, I think, in one instance, the New York Times. I mean, they were, they were ready in for this, and they, this seems to show that they deliberately wanted to blur the lines. So, I mean, that's implicit in something like that. When the church should have criticized this, it didn't. So why not? Those are legitimate questions. Well, I think there are legitimate answers to that. Think about it. Well, they, they, you know, the answers, of course, are, that you would conclude are, are being denied, uh, but then the explanations are not really being given, the clarifying explanations, just maybe one time saying that this is not something that deviates from tradition, but that's an assertion, and uh, again, it comes back down to the enforcement of how this is being done uh, that needs to be put in place and needs to be clear and needs to be done. And the question again is, if all of this needs to be put in place and needs to be done, and if nothing is really being changed in tradition and so forth, wouldn't there simply be a better way to go about this whole thing? In fact, is it even necessary to go about this whole thing? Certainly blessings can be given to people, and they always have been, without singling out same-sex couples and putting them up there and making, you know, something that is confusing. And if nothing is being changed, then why do it? And why don't we look to the traditional means that the church has always used to call and walk with people, to call people to, you know, holiness and to walk with people and to, uh, call attention to the, the path that Christ took and the path that Christ gave us. Why are these things not sufficient? Uh, and then you were saying some people, you know, they haven't been effective. Some people don't, don't uh, act on them. That's true. But the church has always known that. We can't force people to act on, you know, what uh, they are given. And uh, there's the old saying, a word to the wise is sufficient. But uh, a lot of people are not going to act wisely, or they may not act wisely right away, but over time, with the teaching of the church, a lot of people do change their minds and convert and come come to conversion. Right. So uh, we can't just rule it out that it's not effective. Uh, no, every... definitely you can't do that. So uh, but the, the lines are so blurred that... Well, I'm no expert, but I can't, I don't understand it, unless a, you're trying to change it. And here's, a, you know, here's something I do want to get in here. It says, uh, uh, of the apparent abuses, it said, Father Gall, you know, when he was talking about these abuses, likely had one particular incident in mind. He didn't say it, but he likely had it in mind, according to the, the article here. It says, uh, Jesuit Father James Martin blessing two men who are civilly married the day after Fiducius Supplicans was published. And he did this, Father James Martin, with the New York Times on hand to document the occasion. And there's the article that I was uh, referring, talking, to, referring yeah. to. I knew I'd read it somewhere else, and I was referring to it, and it's referring to it right here. Uh, so this is the incident that... Uh, <clears throat> that uh, had one particular incident in mind here. 
that uh, this was done. Now, this seems to me very, very deliberate to suggest that the blessing was blessing the actual practice of these two men. I mean, after all, they're so-called civilly married and same-sex couple, and then we know that Father James Martin uh, is a proponent proponent of a lot of uh, things that are contradictory to the doctrines and teachings of the Church, even if he himself doesn't think that might be the case. It is the case. And so this is very, very uh, disturbing right here. You have to look up uh, this Fernandez, Cardinal Fernandez. Look him up on your own. Yeah, and and that's a good idea. And it goes on here. The conclusion is, by Father Gall, is that the implication here, this is in quotes, that Father James Martin is blessing their relationship, not just each of them individually. And this of is, course. It does seem very difficult, to, no matter how it's explained and how much is, this is denied. It's certainly the implication is there, and you can't get away from it. It's not uh, the, the resolution by quoting Fernandez's so, a so-called explanation is not a good re- resolution. And if this is going to be resolved within the tradition of the church, it certainly needs to be further explained, and there needs to be an effort to uh, enforce how this is being done. And so people have their opinions. My opinion, personally, is is that I don't quite understand why it was even necessary in the first place. That's my opinion, and I think there's you can see in this article that opinion is pretty implicit in a lot of the people that are being quoted. So I'm not. Well, alone. I think a part of this is the whole idea they can't bless same couples like a, a marriage blessing, and it can't be done in the liturgy. Yeah, that's. I understand that, but a lot of it is being done so that those lines are very much blurred, if not actually transgressed. Yes, there's a reason for it. It goes on here. It says Gregor Greg, Gregor Podchen, who heads a church-sanctioned federation for German Catholic youth and has a leadership role in a synodal way, went further, calling the Pope and the Vatican misanthropic and discriminatory for failing to approve same-sex relations in fiducia supplicants. In other words, some people want uh, the clarification to go further uh, that it is an approval of same-sex. You know, they're seeing that it is and that the Pope is not calling for it to be. So, Oh, they're just trying to... Bridget Mock, the vice president of the Central Committee of German Catholics, also added that allowing blessings of same-sex couples could eventually lead to a change in church church teaching. Now, I mean, you know, this is what these people are pushing for, and they're saying that this could be a step in the right direction, their direction, their right direction, not the direction that the church should take, as far as I'm concerned and as far as traditionalists are concerned. Uh, I mean, this all goes back to the point where, yes, we want everybody to go to heaven. God does. He wants everybody saved. Don't want anybody to go to hell, but today, many of them don't believe there's a hell, or that if there is, there's nobody in it. And that, that's another issue that we talk about, and that goes much higher in the church than, uh, than we're getting at here. But anyhow, I want to conclude this. Uh, Father Petrick 
Petersick said that if the DDF fails to both correct abuses of fiducia supplicans and support bishops who crack down on misapplications of it, it will signify that this is not simply about an expanded notion of the meaning of blessing, but a deliberate intention to alter the church's understanding of marriage and sin. So that's a pretty strong uh, statement yeah, to leave it, it with. And uh, it says the question of enforcement uh, will show if the prefect is serious about what he asserts this document to say, meaning referring to uh, uh, Fernandez. Fernandez. So at any rate, we're going to have to stop here. I hope it's been enlightening and uh, will make people think uh, about what is going on here. And so we'll say our prayer and maybe we'll comment a little bit more about some of these things next week. Yeah. uh, Do turn into the Bible in the year and the catechism. It'll help you to understand more what the church has teaching or has taught. St. Michael, the The archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, thrust into hell Satan and all evil spirits who wander through the world for the ruin of souls. Amen. You've been listening to Being Catholic with Bob Johnston on Catholic Spirit Radio. If you'd like to contact Bob, email bob at catholicspiritradio.com. Again, that's bob at catholicspiritradio.com. Catholic Spirit Radio relies on your support to bring programming like this and EWTN 24 hours a day. Please help keep Catholic Spirit Radio on the air with your generous support. Donate online at catholicspiritradio.com. Or send a donation to Catholic Spirit Radio, 108 Boykins Place, Normal, Illinois, 61761. That's Catholic Spirit Radio, 108 Boykins Place, Normal, Illinois, 61761. Catholic Spirit Radio is a 501c3, and all donations are tax-deductible. Thank you for your support of Catholic Spirit Radio 